Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. I do apologize. Again, I always find myself doing this. I haven't recorded for a while. Um, I've been a bit under the weather. I, I think I talked about that in my last episode. Um, and although I'm getting much better, I, in fact, I am much better, but I just, you know, I just gave myself the time and the opportunity to just go through, you know, everything I was that was happening. And um, and there was a lot of stuff going on, you know, um, in my emotional and spiritual space. And um, I felt led of God. I just needed that. I needed it. In fact, I was on a spiritual detox. I'm still on it, but I think it's 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 coming. It will come to an end like this weekend. And um, yeah, so we see where that takes us and all that. And um, I have come to realize, and you know, this podcast has been a place, a very safe space for me, where I just talk about the experiences that I'm having with God and what I'm learning and somehow God just uses that to touch other people's lives as well and I'm so grateful to God for that you know and um, I, 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 I just thank him for that and recently there have been some things that have been happening in my space that just make me so much more appreciative of the presence of God in my life and it's made me realize that he's got my back in a way that I could never fully understand. And even when I thought, hmm, even when I thought I was safe, I was, God protected me from what I didn't even know that I needed to be protected from. And um, there's a lot that is being revealed in my life in my personal life that um honestly it's just mind-blowing but at the end of the day all it just shows is that god has really been in my life on my case and that he has never left me and for some reason i have been an object of his um love I have been an object of his mercy. I have been an object of his grace, of his kindness, of his favor, and of his love. I don't understand what it is that I did that made me worthy. I don't think there's anything I could have done. But for some reason, maybe somebody somewhere, maybe, you know, like that song that Don Moen sings, where he says, somebody's praying for me. Somebody's knocking on heaven's door. Perhaps, maybe somebody somewhere was praying for me because I now realize that hmm, when when Psalm twenty, my life is is the epitome of Psalm twenty three. Says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely your goodness and your mercy shall follow me all the days. Um, yeah, that, you know, and the rod and the staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. You know, whatever I read in the, before now, I imagine Psalm 23 as, 
you know, when you, that when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you actually know that you're walking. I mean, I, I never imagined a scenario where, where you are in danger and you don't even know that you're in danger. But I have come to realize now that, yes, there is a context for Psalm 23 where you are in a dangerous place and you really know that you're in a dangerous place, but you're not afraid because you know that God is with you. But what I have just been made aware of in my life now is that I have walked through the valley of the shadow of death in a place that looks like a, a safe haven, but was actually a valley of the shadow of death. And I didn't have any reason to fear evil because I didn't even know I was. So, um, yeah, so I, I... I never imagined a scenario where you would not even know that you are in the valley of the shadow of death, but anyways, let's just say that things have happened in such a way that um, I realize that sometimes, you know, I, I think as a believer, you can only be, you know, there's so much we don't know. And sometimes God takes us through situations in life where Hmm. yeah he, he just protects you and sometimes it's it's sometimes you, you you go through difficult times and you know you know you know that i mean it's like you know you know that this is the, it's like okay yes so this is an yeah this is a perfect analogy it's like when you're traveling long distance sometimes you may be driving when if there's a portion of the road that is really bad for whatever reason i mean like in africa bad you know we have like bad roads when you're driving on that bumping road, you know, it's a bad spot, you know, and you, you prepare yourself and you know that, okay, this is a bumpy, this is going to be a really bumpy ride. It's going to be uncomfortable. And you just sort of like grit your teeth and, you know, let my car be able to get through this bad patch and, you know, get to the other side. But sometimes you also drive through a road that looks really wonderful. It's perfectly well laid. It's a dream to drive on. There are no issues. But unknown to you, that area is unsafe. It's unsafe because it's probably a hot spot for crime, for attacks, or at certain times of the day certain things happen, or at night. But you don't know that. But, it, I mean, from everything you can see or tell, it's a wonderful road. It's in good condition. It's a smooth drive. It's, you know, there, there's you can't see anything around. There's no indication that there's danger. But there is actually danger. It's just that... It'll take you, you know, you, 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 certain things, it takes a, certain things need to be present. You know, it happens. Let's just say there are times and spaces when it happens. Maybe there are people in the woods or something and they come out or there's a particular spot or something. But it's not something that is obvious. So if you are going to make a judgment call, you'd be like, oh, that's a great road. It's, it's a very smooth road. It's a smooth ride. You would take the option to go on that road because... There is no indication of the kind of threats or the risk that being on that road, you know, will provide. And, and that's sort of like the kind of experience I've had. So I've actually passed through the road and I've come out on the other side. And the Lord has allowed me to see the danger that I, he has taken me through. And I'm not talking of an experience of maybe like a day. I'm talking of a lifetime, a lifetime's experience. With a, with, re, with a relationship that I had no idea 
I did not know what was going on. There was, I just, I mean, it's, it's just mind blowing. And I'm still trying to, you know, sort of make sense of it, but I'm just asking God to give me peace. I think for me, the one thing that I have settled in my heart forever is that I am a child of God. I am a follower of Jesus and I'm a disciple of Christ. Because I have made that decision, my perspective about life, about the world, about right and wrong will be different. Because I've also made that choice, that means I am on the side of the God that is good and I am the enemy of all those who have, of the, of the adversary that has taken up opposition against God and his kingdom. What that then means is that I will experience things in a different way from, you know, people who may not have made this commitment. And I'm not saying me specifically, I mean everybody that follows Jesus. There are certain experiences that we will have that will be mind-boggling. I mean, the book of James, he tried to talk about this is when he said, don't take don't when he was telling the disciples of the church then that don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial that is come to try you and jesus said to the disciples as well in other verses he said you know the servant is not greater than the master if they persecuted me they will persecute you if they listen to me they will listen to you as well so and then there's of course that iconic scripture that says they that live shall live godly in christ jesus shall suffer persecution so there, there are some kind of very strange experiences that we will have, you know, in terms of opposition, in terms of challenges, in terms of betrayals, you know, that we will have, you know, working through people that we know, that we perhaps even love. These are things that will happen simply because we have chosen to follow Christ. And we should count it all joy when we have the opportunity to experience those things because it shows that we are really, really followers of Christ. And I know I'm sort of like waxing lyrical at this point. I'm not, you know, I'm saying a lot without saying anything. But um, like I said, I'm still trying to wrap my head around a lot of what is going on. So I'm just talking as things are coming to me. I actually wanted to talk about what it means to be in partnership with God, and but I don't think I will have that much time to reflect on that today. But the scripture that I wanted to read is in the book of Luke, chapter 2, where we're looking at the early days of Jesus in the gospel according to Luke. In the New Testament, where it talks about the birth of Jesus, how the angels foretold his coming, how they were there in the shepherd, the shepherds came, and then you know they witnessed the virgin birth of Jesus and all of that. But I want to go down to his Jesus's early years, and I think that starts from so Luke two covers a, a significant portion of Jesus' life. In fact, it walks from the beginning of his life. Um, you know, start off with Joseph and Mary to the whole shepherds while well, shepherds watch their flock by night, whole thing, the birth of Jesus, 
he's young when he was young and then i think it goes all the way down to let me see yeah okay so now starting from verse 40 it says and when the, ch the child grew and waxed strong in spirits filled with wisdom and the grace of the god was upon him now his parents went to jerusalem every year at the feast of the passover and when he was 12 years old so yeah we've walked all the way up to his age 12 they went up to jerusalem after the custom of the feast and when they had fulfilled the days as they returned the child jesus stayed back in jerusalem and joseph and his mother did not know about it i mean this just shows you the kind of community life they were living then because today if you traveled with your kid and then you did not know that your kid was not in the you know was not in the plane with you i mean that's like so way out but then they would have been you know he would have, i'm sure he was they assumed he was with some relative it was a whole caravan of movement you know and all that so it's at some point, maybe they'll be like, okay, is he with you? No, he's not with you. Is he with you? No, I think he's with her. No, no, he's not with me. I saw, you know, and then they'd realized that he wasn't with any one of them. So verse 44, but they, supposing him to have been in company, went a day's journey. Can you imagine? And then they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. So they thought he was probably with some of his age group, you know. And when they found, they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem. So he had been missing for an entire day. Can you imagine? And that's about two days because they had journeyed for like a day before they discovered he was missing. So they probably have would have had to journey back another day. And yeah, so verse 46 says, and it came to pass that after three days, so for three days, hmm, Jesus had some serious survivalist instinct. At age 12, he was missing. They found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, that's the, the scholars, both hearing them and asking them questions. This is really instructive. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Wow. So he was already engaging these learned scholars at that time. And when they saw him, verse 48, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why have you done this to us? Behold, your father and I, we have sought you, sorrowing. And then Jesus said to them, How is it that you, you sought me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And they did not understand what he meant when he said that. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So where I want to really talk about is this whole my father's business thing. I find it so interesting, so fascinating. So Jesus said, why were you looking at me? So where did, first of all, they found him in the temple. He was discussing with the scholars, asking questions. And then Jesus said, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I would be going about my father's business? I think I think for me the turning point in the life of any believer, anybody that wants to walk in Christ, I think personally, let me speak for myself as well, is when you realize that you are on this earth as a Christian, not to fulfill, or rather let me personalize it, I am on this earth not to fulfill my own purpose but to do the work of the Father. Our Father in heaven has a business on earth. There is an enterprise. There is a, there is an, in fact, there's, I don't know what word to use. There's an endeavor, there's an effort, there's an initiative, there's a project that is ongoing. You can call it an enterprise, you can call it empire, you can call it kingdom, you can call it whatever. Initiative, project, program, God has a business. Business meaning something 
there is a work he is doing on earth. And everybody in his kingdom has a role in that business. Holy Spirit, thank you. And the reason why after we receive Jesus, God does not rapture us straight up to heaven is so that we can stay on earth to be doing that father's business. And that father's business, we know what it is. It is going into all the world, preach the gospel, teach them all that I've com commanded you. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 28. That's what he said in Mark 16. That's what he also said in Luke, in all the gospels. That's my father's business. So for Jesus, his own portion of the father's business was to begin to engage and understand the 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 word the what the scholars the this the current thinking about the Torah and if you notice when he started his ministry he still went back to that temple and opened the Torah the 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 the, the scriptures I think opened the prophets and said this day is this fulfilled in your ears he read Isaiah. My father's business. And you see, it's funny that Jesus used that term. He didn't say my own business. So there's a business that is of the father that he was aligning himself to. And he calls it my father. He didn't say it's my business, even though in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And without him, all things were made by him. Without him, but not anything made that was made. That's the book of John chapter one. Even though he knows that he and God, they are one. He still said my father's business. In fact, as I'm thinking about this, there's a lot that I to unpack in that one liner. My father's business. So I'm getting to the phase of my life now where I now realize that my life is supposed to be an enabler of my father's business. Not the other way around. Not my business or God being an enabler of my business. No. Everything about my life everything my pain, my sorrow, my strengths, my weaknesses, my Everything about it, I am supposed to offer it to God for God to use it to work out his purpose for his business through my life, through my ministry, through my vessel, through my body, my soul, my mind, my thoughts, my behavior, my character, my friendship, my relationships. It's a very amazing, I mean, tremendous mind shift for me. So Jesus said, how is it that you, you, you are looking for me? Did you not know that I, will be, I must be about my father's business? I, I, I pray, I pray that the Lord, I want to, I pray that the Lord will help me to be that person who will be consumed by the zeal of the father's house. And I think there's a scripture that says, that says the zeal of your house has consumed me. I want my every living and breathing moment to be about working for my father's business. I don't want to work for myself anymore. I, I, I mean, I'm saying this, and I'm not. I'm saying this figuratively. 
I mean, I'm, I'm still going to be, I mean, what I mean is, I don't want to live a life that is completely given to just doing things the way I think is best for me. I want to align with the higher purpose of God's work, of God's word, because I'm, I find that that is where I will really have peace. I have seen that this world cannot give peace, no matter how much it tries. It does not have the ability to give peace. But I know Jesus says in me, in this world you have tribulation, but rejoice in me, you have peace. So I want to have that same peace that Jesus had that made him calm in the midst of a storm. That made him walk in obedience to the Father. Not being afraid of, you know, the value of the shadow of death, even when he walked through it. I need that kind of peace. Peace that is not the absence of trouble, but peace that is faith, love, confidence, assurance courage and strength even in the midst of the most tumultuous situations peace that enables one to come out victorious and for the name of the lord to be glorified in that experience so jesus said how is it that you know you do not uh, you, you 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 looked for me didn't you know that i must be about my father's business so i am announcing the phase of my life from here on where I will now be even more focused on working and fulfilling God's purpose for my life in in the context of my father's business. That's the parable of the talents and that's everything Jesus was talking about in the whole kingdom. The parable of the kingdom, it was all about the difference between you know, how God was going to assess those who are really, really helping his business and those who are hindering it, those who are lazy with it, those who claimed they would do but did not do. For me, what is really significant here is that there is a business, there is a project, there is an initiative, there is a doings, there is a kingdom, there is an initiative, there is an exercise, there is... A purpose with a central core desired outcome and so many levels of interpret I mean implementation multi universe multi generational all I'm asking is that the Lord help me to find my own place in that because I think Jesus found his own place and that's what he was saying here. And, you know, by the time we go into the next chapter of Luke, we see how God, how Jesus eventually launched his ministry. But he made it very clear that his father was God in heaven. And that, that he, was, he was submissive to the mandate of the father. He was not going to come onto the earth and do his own thing. And that even his biological parents, I think that is the yeah, Holy Ghost, that's where we're going. He wanted his biological parents to know that you may be my parents and I will honor you as parents. But you must know that my allegiance is to my father in heaven. And I will be, I will obey him and I will be committed to the business that he has committed into my hands. That was what, oh, this is so profound for me. So this entire, as I'm reading this, I'm not realizing that this entire scenario was a footnote to his parents for them to understand that my allegiance 
I love you. I will honor you. But my life must be about my father's business. And I think this is exactly what he wants from us as well. There's another scripture which I probably will do in the next musing that segues very well into this. If if we are, if if you if any of us is a bit concerned and wondering, okay, was this really a message to his biological parents? There are lots of scriptures where Jesus clarified and made us understand that if there is a conflict between, you know, your natural filial relationships and your relationship with God or the commitment to the business that God has, you know, to God's business, then you 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 choose God unequivocally. And that is what he was saying to them here. But the Bible records that he did go back and was subject to them. But the point had been made. And what he was putting them on, he was more or less putting them on notice that by the time God calls me, I don't want any of you to come and tell me that, oh, listen to your father or your mother. I will obey him to whom I belong, the monarch of the universe, the most high God, the maker of the ends of the earth, the father that is my father, the God that is my God, the creator that is of the ends of the earth, the one that I submit my heart and my life to. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.